This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome to the War Room. It is Friday, November 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. You've probably picked up by now. I look a little different than Stephen K. Bannon, and not just because I'm wearing blue and not black, and I guess I don't have a, a pen on my collar, but it's Natalie Winters filling in for today. But don't worry, he will, of course, as always, be back. But we have a packed show, I think, nowadays with Speaker Mike Johnson. There's really never a day where something doesn't get done on the Hill, or at least you guys hear about it on Twitter, you know, there's a new round of subpoenas dropping, some interesting complaints being filed about the people who are waging really all-out lawfare against President Donald J. Trump. Uh, luckily, we have, I would say, some War Room's finest joining us for today's show to break all of that down for you and more and have some fun because it is a Friday afternoon. Uh, but we'll start with Garrett Ventry, who is, of course, a good friend of the show, uh, an advisor to Elise Stefanik. Uh, I guess we call you a just all-around political advisor. He's, he's really, I would say, President Trump's poll guy. Anytime he talks about polls on this show, President Trump always seems to truth out uh, the clips. So we always love having him on. But before we get in uh, to everything that's going on on the polling front with President Trump, it's so good. I'm sure another indictment will probably drop soon. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, if you could sort of walk the audience through the official judicial complaint that was filed by Representative Elise Stefanik against one of the judges overseeing. And again, you can get granular because there are so many lawsuits and cases and judges and moving parts and moving characters and, you know, George Soros funded DAs in this whole mix. Um, but what exactly did Representative Stefanik do? How does it represent her standing up? For President Trump, uh, if you want to start with there, I start with that, and we'll we'll get into the polls and everything else going on. Great, Natalie, and good to be with you, and great to be back with the Warren Posse on a on a great Friday here. Uh, yeah, Congresswoman Stefanik has been one of President Trump's fiercest defenders. I mean, everyone remembers when she came on the scene during the 2019 sham impeachment on the Russia hoax and defended President Trump, exposed Adam Schiff. And ever since then, she's really been a very strong ally of President Trump's on a number of issues, whether it's standing up for election integrity, being the only member of House or Senate Republican leadership to endorse his campaign back in November when he launched. And so she's been an important and critical ally of President Trump's in the America First movement, obviously. And you're seeing it here with this complaint. She's stepping forward here and filing a judicial ethics complaint against the judge in the New York case where Tish James brought a scam, another scam lawsuit against President Trump here. And there's really a few reasons why she's bringing it here. Number one, uh, the judge is donated to Democrats. That's a massive problem. You're supposed to, under you know New York state law here, uh, they're supposed to refrain from uh, you know making political organization contributions. And uh, as recent as 2018, he was donating to the Manhattan Democrats. 
the judge's staff also is not supposed to contribute more than $500 uh, to any political candidate or political office. Allison Greenfield, who has served as the judge's principal law clerk since 2019, has donated in excess of $500 to campaigns. She's donated $3,300 in 2022 alone. That is unethical according to judicial guidelines. Uh, you have even just him devaluing the, the state of Mar-a-Lago. Everybody who's been to Mar-a-Lago, you've been to Mar-a-Lago, I've been to Mar-a-Lago. It is a very uh, you know, prestigious property, and real estate agents in the area said it's a billion dollars. And then, you know, we could go through time and a time here, all this time this judge has shown bias to President Trump. And you remember the opening there where the judge smirked when there was cameras in the courtroom. This is an unserious judge. He's proven to be a partisan hack. And it's great that, you know, Congresswoman Stefanik is standing up and exposing him by filing this complaint. And hopefully something gets done by it. You know, the war room posse is all about action, action, action. I think it's probably the de facto motto of the show. So while we, of course, love filing complaints, I'm just curious. Again, I know you're an advisor um, to the congressman, but, you know, what does accountability look like in this case? Are there any other things, you know, agendas, letters being sent sort of behind the scenes stuff that you could maybe sort of let the posse in on in terms of what fighting back, what countering um, this full-blown, full-out lawfare assault, again, not just in New York, but in states across the country, frankly, across the world, um, but what the sort of counter uh, to that looks like from House Republicans, if there's any meaningful accountability you think coming forward? Yeah, I think you've seen with Congressman Jordan, you know, they've, uh, they're trying to do a lot here in terms of investigating the Jack Smith indictments too. I mean, he himself has proven to be a partisan hack over and over again as well. It's very easy to see when you look at President Trump declared he was running for, for re-election and or running for election for the White House again in November of 2022. Three days later, Jack Smith and you know launches his partisan investigation, his name special counsel into President Trump. So I think you know this is a very good move by Congresswoman Stefanik, obviously here filing this complaint. It's a big deal to step forward and put your name on something like this. Uh, I think that, you know, the House Judiciary Committee continues to do a lot of good work uncovering documents, trying to figure out if there's any coordination between Fannie Willis in Georgia on her sham January 6th case against President Trump and the same thing that's been brought in D.C. by Jack Smith. So I think continuing to try and get communications. Uh, there's obviously efforts, Congressman Gates and others have looked at ways to potentially try to defund Jack Smith's investigation. So I think there's a lot of good work happening there, but it definitely needs to happen. It needs to happen quickly because like you point out, Democrats have launched really a full on assault on President Trump. And it's not just President Trump. They're going after Catholics. They're going after parents for wanting to be involved in their uh, kids' education. So this is a really downstream effect of Democrats trying to weaponize the justice system against everyday Americans, not even just President Trump. So it's deeply concerning, and Republicans really need to get a handle on it. You know, it's it's so funny. It seems like the term, I guess, sad for the republic, but lawfare gets thrown around so much. It's been so normalized, right? All the indictments, the hundreds of years of charges and prison sentences that President Donald Trump could potentially serve. And I don't think you would disagree with me Garrett, but I think we saw sort of a similar push from the establishment, the powers that be back in 2016, primarily more so through the Republican establishment, right? The Access Hollywood tapes, people calling on him to resign or step down, the Never Trump movement. But I think President Trump was so effective in sort of neutering that Republican establishment that now they don't have that same sort of 
uh, I would say, power force to really rely on. So I think they have to rely on the courts. They have to rely on these Soros-funded DAs, right? It's sort of lawfare in a different way. I think we're seeing this election cycle because we know it's it's purely political. But I think that this ties in quite nicely with what I know you talk about a lot and focus your analysis on. Um, and I, I want to read some findings from a new poll. Again, this is not to be confused um, with the New York Times poll that had everyone in the mainstream media's, you know, heads on fire, usually it's their pants on fire from lying that they were losing it, saying that Joe Biden may just not be able to win again, not that he ever won in the first place. Um, but another poll has found Donald Trump dominating Joe Biden in five of the six key swing states. The survey conducted by Emerson College shows Donald Trump leading in Arizona with 43 points compared to Biden at 41. Georgia with 47 points compared to Biden's 40. Nevada at 46 points compared to 39 for Biden. Pennsylvania at 46 points compared to 43 and Wisconsin with 44. So 43, the only exception is Minnesota. Uh, I guess Mike Lindell's home state. we got to get him uh, to, to work out there uh, with Biden pulling at 43 points compared to Trump's 41. Garrett, your thoughts on these numbers, of course, coming on the heels of that really what was a bombshell poll with similar findings from the New York Times just last week. Yeah, I mean, you remember that meme um, during when President Trump was uh, inaugurated in 2016 with that liberal freak who's like crying and breaking down and screaming. <laughs> I imagine that every time that liberals have to read the New York Times or Bloomberg or any of these mainstream media polls, which show President Trump having a dominant lead, not only in the Republican primary, which essentially is over at this point, it's even embarrassing that we continue to have Republican debates. It's like going to a single A baseball game when the Yankees are playing in their prime. And it's, it's just a complete and utter joke that we're continuing to do that when he's up 50, almost 60 points here uh, all over the country. But then when you look at these individual polls here, it's very interesting to see that President Trump in the states you need to win back the White House, these key swing states, whether it's Arizona, Ohio, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, like you point out, he has a very strong lead over Joe Biden. And he's even infringing, like you said, on places like Colorado, uh, Minnesota, President Trump is infringing on blue state territory here. And it just shows that, you know, President Trump, people miss the Trump economy. They're scared of all of the foreign policy and national security and open border implications here that have happened under Joe Biden. And, you know, you're going to see here, I think, President Trump have a very resounding victory in 2024. And that's why the weaponization stuff, the lawfare stuff and the polling goes so well together here because they know they can't beat him at the ballot box. So they're literally not just leaking bad stories on him anymore. They're trying to put him in jail. And it's the most wild thing we've seen here. And that's why we need everyone here who's a, you know, part of the war room posse to get out and make sure they're voting for President Trump in 2024 so we can take back our country. I'm just curious, you know, we always joke, I think I have the timeline on my Twitter, how anytime there's bad information that is dropped <laughs> about some member of the Biden family, even the, you know, granddaughter, or maybe the great granddaughter, you know, another indictment drops almost like clockwork. It, it really is, is quite insane, but it seems like they're running out of states and potential charges, you know, to trump up, no pun intended, um, against him. So I'm just curious, you know, you, you're in DC sometimes, you have the inside baseball, um, but from a, from a lawfare perspective, I'm curious if you think they're going to ratchet up and launch more cases against him, or do you think they're maybe going to sort of regroup, try to attack him in other ways? We see what's going on in Colorado, trying to remove him 
from the ballot, what do you think, you know, putting yourself as scary as it is in their shoes, what do you think their sort of battle plan charging ahead to make sure that Trump can't win? What do you think they're going to pivot to or what do you think they're going to continue using? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, President Trump could jaywalk and they would try and put him in prison for 50 years. It's absolutely insane. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're seeing this ballot initiative, obviously trying to get him off the ballot by using the 14th Amendment, which has, you know, again, was a civil war era uh, amendment uh, in terms of what they look at there in Section 3, and that's simply talking about Confederate soldiers who, you know, were disloyal to the United States of America never being able to hold office. President Trump has not been convicted of insurrection. He's not been charged with insurrection even in any of these cases. So it's, again, a complete sham here that that's even happening in Colorado and that the judge is even seriously considering that case. But, yeah, I think those are the twofold things you're seeing here, right? It's trying to put him in jail and take him off the ballot. And this goes back to how weak of a president Joe Biden is. We've had, you know, skyrocketing inflation, spike in crime. We've seen uh, Israel invaded by Hamas, a brutal terrorist organization. We've seen Russia invade Ukraine. We've seen Afghanistan toppled by the Taliban. And under President Trump, we didn't have those issues. There were no new wars. We decimated ISIS. The economy was roaring. Our border was more secure. Crime was under control. And so Democrats see that, and they know that Joe Biden can't beat him at the polls. Everyone knows the economy's in shambles. Everyone knows the border's wide open. So all they can do is either take, try to take him off the ballot or put him in jail. That's their only strategy here. And again, it went from leaking negative stories about President Trump, you know, bad mainstream media coverage, which we're all used to on President Trump, that's completely unfair. But they've ramped it up now where they're literally trying to use the power of the federal government to take him off the ballot and to put him in jail. And I just don't think it's going to work at the end of the day. I think that's why you're seeing him continue to have strong support. And people see right through these cases as pure weaponization against President Trump. Garrett Venturi, thank you so much for joining us. If the Warren Posse wants to follow you, get in touch, whatever they want to do, how can they find you? How can they find Elise, too? So I am uh, on all of the platforms that at Garrett Ventry and then uh, uh, Congresswoman Stefanik is obviously at Elise Stefanik. Everyone should follow her. She's a MAGA rock star, star and just really doing great work standing up for President Trump. Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Natalie. Isn't it ironic that they want to weaponize the 14th Amendment, say President Trump is you know, treasonous, a traitor, when in reality... It's the Biden families that have been making millions of dollars off of foreign adversarial nations hell-bent on destroying this country, China, just to name one. I guess that's the only thing Democrats are good at. Certainly not running the economy, just projection. Here to pack down how abysmal the economy looks. Sorry to break it to you. It's Dave Bratt after the break. We will be right back. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, 
You're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I spoke to Vice Premier Her about our goal of achieving a healthy economic relationship that benefits both our countries over time. We do not seek to decouple our economy from China's. This would be damaging to both the U.S. and China and destabilizing for the, for the world. But a healthy economic relationship requires American workers and firms to be treated fairly. I raise concerns about the breadth and depth of the PRC's non-market policies and practices and their global spillovers. These are concerns that I hear frequently from U.S. businesses. Vice Premier He and I also focused on the need for joint work on global challenges. The physical and economic impacts of climate change are mounting across the globe, including here in California. We discussed specific areas where we can enhance our cooperation on climate finance beyond our co-chairing of the G20 Sustainable Finance Working Group. I also underscored that too many countries continue to face high risk of debt distress and a debt architecture that does not work as it should to support them. I emphasize the need for us to build on our good recent progress in the Zambia case to make much faster progress on other debt restructuring cases. And we discussed the crucial roles we have to play in making the debt architecture work better and faster. We also spoke about our efforts to promote global financial stability as well as the importance of strengthening the World Bank, IMF, and other parts of the international financial architecture. Earlier this week, we took a positive step towards strengthening the IMF with the executive board's approval of an equi-proportional quota increase. This would bolster the IMF's ability to fight crises at a critical time for the world economy. Speak for yourself, Janet Yellen. I think I, speaking on behalf of most of the war room posse and my wonderful boss, Stephen K. Bannon, most definitely do seek to decouple from the Chinese Communist Party. I don't know about you, but you know her, her speech today. Really, the whole meeting with San Francisco. I think there's or in San Francisco rather. There's there's no bad, better example of weakness inviting aggression. And they do this fun thing, right? The establishment, they love to say that China, the Chinese communists, first of all, they never call it the Chinese communist party, right? They always say China. They say, oh, we should collaborate, 
right? We can work together on the challenges. Of course, they only talk about climate change, never COVID-19 because the CCP, of course, caused that. But you can't collaborate with the actual problem itself, right? You can't work with the enemy to fix the problem. But I think fundamentally, these people don't understand it. And if the best she could do is call out the Chinese Communist Party, you know, they love to throw around intellectual property theft and talk a little bit about trade and reciprocity on that front. That misses the forest for the trees, right? That's not the the paradigm through which these people, the Janet Yellens of the world, look at the Chinese Communist Party conflict. If they think that intellectual property theft is the original sin of the Chinese Communist Party against American workers, not to discount the impact that that has on here on this country, but that is you know one percent of the bigger problem, the bigger threat that is the Chinese Communist Party. Any individual, any apparatchik from the Biden regime that wants to stand up there and give a speech, a diatribe against the Chinese Communist Party, and they don't even say the words Belt and Road Initiative. They don't call out the Chinese Communist Party for trying to broaden their global hegemony through institutions and buying up, whether it's ports and bridges and land and agriculture here in the United States, or they don't even call out the biological warfare. And I'm not even talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about the fentanyl that's pouring in through our borders. If you can't even bring yourself to say that, I don't want you to tell me that you're speaking tough against the Chinese Communist Party because you sort of mentioned intellectual property theft. But as Dave Bratt all too well knows, just like most of the city of Washington, D.C. and all of our uh, intellectual betters, uh, just like the Biden regime, they're all bought off by the Chinese Communist Party. So no wonder why Janet Yellen is going to be peddling their talking points. So, Dave, I'm curious your thoughts on the meeting going on in San Francisco, and we'll get into all of the under other uh, wonderful policy yeah. decisions that have been effectuated by Biden. Yeah, no, that was a, uh, you gave me such a setup there. I got so many softballs flying at me. I don't know what to hit first. Uh, but the reason for that meeting is because China is cracking up right now, right? That's, that's the, Xi is coming over here. Uh, why do you think he's doing that? He's never done that before, right? So he's coming over here. China is cracking up. They're in a hard space. Uh, and I, I should have brought a chart with today, but their uh, direct foreign investment is negative for the first time. Uh, and in addition to that, capital is flying out of China. Their billionaires are trying to figure every way out of there. And the American business class finally is seeing the, the real writing on the wall, right? The rate of return on your investment. And they're backing out of China, right? So direct foreign investment is negative for the first time. That's in headlines uh, this week. And then you got to the crux of it. We need to decouple, right? This is our enemy. Uh, there's a document. If, they, if the posse in the war room have, have not read this yet, you have to read it. Because if you're in the Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, or even if you're just a, 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 a nice person, when you read... Uh, Unrestricted Warfare is the title, written by two colonels. They've been promoted to generals. But your stomach will turn when you hear the type of warfare that the Chinese are willing to engage in against their own people and against us. And I was just on a panel with some freedom guys, right? That Steve would have a call them the khaki guys, the old Republican Party guys. <laughs> and, you know, they're talking about free markets and tax cuts and whatever we said. And I, you know, I said, okay, good. You know, it's fine to incentivize things, but that's not going to pay our way out, out of this disaster. And uh, we we got into the uh, issue of China, and I said, look, the full cost of China 
I have to be included in the, the supply and demand curves. We're supposed to include the full cost of doing business. I said, one thing I can guarantee, and you probably know more about this than I do, Natalie, but by 2049, right, that's the 100-year anniversary of China, uh, by 2049, uh, China will have Taiwan. They, or, or they will have put up a bloody fight to have it, and hopefully we win because all the trade routes go through there. <clears throat> and so the, the Chinese have also figured out, I think I heard it from Steve in the war room, they've done some analysis on, you know, after Tiananmen, how long does it take for Americans and the rest of the world to forget about their atrocities uh, that they've committed against human beings, the Chinese Lao Beijing? And the answer is about 15 years. So if you do the math on that, 2050 minus 15 is 2035. And so we got a window. And then the, the, the bottom line, I'll just leave the people. There's a RAND uh, analysis right there, the defense analysts. And they showed that a war with uh, over Taiwan with China, no boots on the ground in China, just a war over Taiwan will cost the United States 5 to 10% of GDP. That's 10% of your economy just fell in the ocean. Uh, and so markets are down over 50% on that. That's not a good day, right? And the loss to China is 10 to 20% of GDP. And so, uh, I, you know, I can't describe that. to I, I, There's not enough adject, adjectives to describe the damage that I just said. But that's RAND, uh, defense analysts. Everyone needs to go get it. Hopefully, the Wall Street can figure this out. They got some smart people up there. And uh, so that's uh, we need to decouple right now. It's time to quit trying to make your last nickel in profits. Profits are good, but not at the expense of the American people. Yeah, I guess uh, Hunter Biden has his last opportunity to make his last yeah. uh, million dollars right. before yeah. Trump is back in office and we uh, we decouple. But, you know, the, the takeaway from what you said, and you're, of course, always correct to invoke unrestricted warfare, probably one of, one of my favorite books for all the wrong reasons the Chinese Communist Party would say. But it really gets to the heart of it, which is there is a plan behind every little decision and every yeah. little move that the Chinese Communist Party makes. And as you know, all the Chinese companies, even those that aren't alleged allegedly state-owned enterprises. They're all subject to Article 7 of China's national intelligence law, so they're effectively dormant state-owned enterprises, right? At any moment, the Chinese Communist Party can requisition them uh, to achieve the ends of the state, whatever that may look like. Um, but when you talk about Taiwan, right, and China's potential to, to invade yeah. there, you know, it makes me think with, when we see everything going on in Ukraine, everything going on now in the Middle East, everything going on with our southern border, it all does sort of blend nicely together to create what is the, I would say, ultimate path for China to invade Taiwan, right? You have yeah. a weakened U.S., not just financially. I mean, just look at our, our ammunition pile. So I'm just curious, in your opinion, do you think that that's sort of part of the bigger plan? And I'll hold you through the break if you can stay. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, of course. I mean, the, the Marxist axis, right? Uh, you know, it's Hamas and then Hezbollah and then Iran and then over there, China, and then Russia's on the side. <clears throat> and they're all aligned right now, right? Like you and Steve show every day. And so, yeah, there's a game plan. The Marxists have infiltrated our government, right? The head of intelligence, uh, right? Our uh, The gangster, uh, the book out uh, <laughs> shows all of that in, in black and white with footnotes. And so that's part of the plan. I, I'm always hoping we understate our defensive capabilities, right? When you saw the, uh, the uh, Gulf decapitation of Iraq, 
we didn't know some of that was sitting there. And our guys actually, you know, kept some things under wraps. And uh, we were successful in that mission. And so I, I'm hoping we have some advanced technologies that put us ahead. The hypersonic stuff from China is very problematic with our aircraft carriers uh, and all that kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. And Dave, we got to jump. The logic is clear. We yep. got to jump to break. Good, so good. I'll, I'll hold you. And it's probably the Chinese Communist Party likes so we got to go to break just as you were uh, lighting into them. But Warren Posse, in the meantime, you got to go to birchfold.com slash Bannon uh, to make sure that your financial future is not beholden to the Chinese Communist Party or any of our uh, globalist betters like Janet Yellen. We'll be back with Dave Rapp, Mike Davis, I think some other people after this short break. Are you prepared for the unthinkable ahead? We all need to pray for the best, but prepare for the worst. That means stockpiling emergency food before it's too late. Right now, go purchase a three-month emergency food kit from MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the nation's leader in self-reliance. Order your today by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Every family member needs their own kit when disaster strikes. These three-month kits from MyPatriotSupply.com give you an abundance of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day. You'll have plenty to eat when everyone else is scavenging empty store shelves. Stock up now because you won't get a warning when disaster hits. Order by 3 o'clock today, and your order ships the same day for free. The unthinkable can happen at a moment's notice. So don't wait for a crisis to hit. Prepare today and become self-reliant no matter what the future holds. And remember to pray. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, MyPatriotSupply.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Now, I know I briefly mentioned Ukraine in the last block, and I wasn't planning on taking this show necessarily uh, in a hardcore Ukraine direction. You guys know a lot of my investigative reporting always focuses on the corrupt money laundering, i.e. taxpayer subsidized bribes on behalf of the Biden family. That is known as foreign aid. Frankly, USAID is basically all money laundering. But there's a very curious story that came out today that has to do with a report from the Government Accountability Office finding large, and I'm talking about hundreds of billions of dollars large, discrepancies between various federal agencies' reported budgets and their actual itemized spending, at least on the usaspending.gov website now. I'm sure most of you probably have not been on usaspending.gov, and for that, I do not blame you. But as an investigative reporter, it's where I do a lot of my work. You can trace basically all federal contracts. You can see where the money's going, what it's supporting, You know what a Biden-linked individual is profiting off of the crisis at the southern border, you name it. And this GAO report found, for example... The Treasury Department, despite having $231.5 billion in COVID-19 spending included in its annual financial report, that only $36 billion of that was reported on USA spending. In other words, only $36 billion was either actually spent or the whole sum was spent 
and around $200 billion was not properly reported. So the American people will never be able to see where that money actually went. You also guessed it, the Department of Health and Human Services, because why not, uh, also had a very large discrepancy, $85.7 billion in COVID-19 obligations. And weirdly enough, $91.7 billion reported on USA spending Dot gov. Uh, there were actually dozens of federal agencies that were included in, in this report is having these large discrepancies, also very sizable ones for the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Transportation. Um, so it's a very weird story, I think, at face value, right? This is billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars that we'll never know what it went to and doesn't really seem like there's anything uh, at least that the Biden regime is willing to turn over. I guess they're pretty good at uh, stonewalling investigations. We'll have Mike Davis joining us soon to talk about that. But I also think this story dovetails quite nicely with what this show has been saying from day one, frankly, about everything, but primarily about Ukraine, right? If we can't even audit funds here, how in the heck are we supposed to audit money going thousands of miles away, hundreds of miles away to a country that's notoriously corrupt, notoriously rife with human trafficking, sex trafficking, you name it, who knows, maybe some of this money ends up in Ukraine. But I think it, it speaks to what is a, a very shady development when it comes to the you know, f uh, federal spending. And frankly, the story ties in quite nicely with the renewed push for a CR. The question is not if we need more money. We just need to spend the money properly, correctly, and certainly not on a new FBI headquarters. Um, but I digress. You guys have heard enough from me for today. I want to bring Dave Bratt back because I know you've also been on the front lines of the Ukraine issue. Uh, and of course, everything just fiscally, generally speaking. Um, but I'm just curious, your your thoughts on this story? Something doesn't smell right. Or am I just being too picky? But it's weird, right? No, all, all the numbers are weird. I mean, it's kind of humorous. You pointed out, right, the biggest discrepancies with the Treasury Department, who you would think would have <laughs> A few accountants, uh, but Steve points out every day, right? The 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 labor uh, establishment versus the household surveys are off. Uh, the deficit accounting, Steve called it at a trillion already this year. It's off. Uh, we have nominal GDP growth at seven or eight percent right now. I mean, if you think that's real, you know, you believe in the tooth fairy, uh, and so yeah, it's it's just all the government accounts. And uh, I was I was I, I, I was hoping I'd, I'd see Steve uh, soon. So I wanted to make his head blow up. But I'm actually going to quote and, and, and put in front of uh, the posse a book by George Will. You want to read it, right? Everybody's like, ah, he's establishment, whatever. But he's got a book called The Conservative Sensibility. You all ought to read it. And uh, because his writing is correct, they never want to implement any of this stuff. And Mike, I know, is coming up. He can weigh in on this. Uh, but the real issue with his spending isn't economic or financial. It's moral. It's moral philosophy, right? And so Will says in the introduction, just read the introduction. If you don't like it, put it down. But I'll guarantee you'll like it. It's he, he nails it. He's from Princeton, PhD, political philosophy. He says, we seek to conserve the American founding. Okay, we all together on that one. The key virtue of the founding, the revolutionary founding is liberty. I think we're all agreed on that. Uh, and then he says, and here's the crux of it, and these are the rights that come from God, right? He, Will calls them natural law, and we all know we, we say it's the rights that come from God. Uh, fundamental rights may not be submitted to vote. Uh, 
colon, they depend on the outcome of no elections. That's what has gone wrong in this country. Fundamental rights may not be submitted to vote. Fundamental rights that come from God are not subject to vote. They depend on the outcome of no elections, period. So when you're talking about the 14th Amendment, all this trickery they're going after, uh, President Trump, Steve Bannon, all of our friends, uh, these rights claims uh, used to mean at the founding that there was supposed to be a gigantic sphere of liberty surrounding each one of us. Rights to free speech, rights to religion, rights to no taxation, uh, no international foreign encumbrances, foreign wars, right? That's what it means to return to the founding. So the establishment guys know all this, but when it comes down to uh, implementation or execution, they call us crazies. And Newt, Newt shocked me. He used to kind of like us, you know, knuckle draggers in the Freedom Caucus, you know, uh, but these guys are off course right now. Uh, and the posse is on course. We are implementing the founding. Uh, when you say populism, uh, it's paying attention to the people, uh, to the Congress. And Will outlines the architecture of this thing, right? The, the, it begins with Wilson, who wanted a powerful executive and to downplay the Congress so that the elitists, right, the smart people could take over control of the government. The smart Princeton-educated people could run your life for you. Now you're seeing what you just said, a Ukraine war with no audit, with the president of the United States alone pulling all the levers. Congress has the power to step in. And with Mike Johnson now as speaker, uh, I think he's going to put some checks uh, in place here to, to check some of this and ask for the right prerequisites, uh, right, for, for an audit before we spend any further dollars on the Ukraine. Uh, but that's a long-winded way of just saying uh, we all need to return to the fundamental moral virtues of liberty and really look back to the founding and teach our kids what that meant. Uh, and it's fundamentally important for us going forward in the war room. I think describing all this as a trickery may be the most Dave brought thing I've ever heard. I love it. It's so true. Uh, but Dave, before I let you go, I yeah. would love for you maybe a, a little glimmer of hope for the audience. I yeah. know Liberty University is so lucky to have you, uh, but we're so lucky to have Liberty University because I hear you guys are sending a bunch of young patriotic students yeah. up to D.C. to show that not all of us support Hamas. There are some of us yeah. that don't support the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, can you let the audience know a little bit about that? Yes, yes. Just as a reminder, going back, the motto of Harvard in 1640 was truth for Christ in church. Harvard, don't think so anymore. They woke. <laughs> or now you've seen the headlines. Liberty University is sending a thousand students, a thousand plus up to D.C. next week to support our brothers and sisters uh, of Israel, uh, our Jewish friends, uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition. We stood strong. Uh, uh, Falwell Sr. won the highest honor from uh, Menachem Begin, the prime minister of Israel, the Centennial Award uh, for the greatest uh, friend and achievement uh, in support of Israel. And so Liberty University has always been there. Uh, we don't change our tune. Uh, we, we stand firm in the Judeo-Christian tradition. If you got young people, send them our way. They need to learn the basics. Dave Bratt, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to follow you, stay up to date with all your analysis, where can they go to do yeah. that? Just Bratt Economics on Getter. I apologize, I'm behind. I'll throw up some <laughs> posts soon. Thank you, guys. God bless you all.
It's okay. I'm a, I'm a Luddite too. I think Steve is probably better at technology <laughs> no than I am. And that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> Thank Go you, Mike. I love Mike. Keep up the great work, Mike. Natalie, you too. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. That's why you guys got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon with these times ahead. You guys know Dave Brat is a straight shooter. It's just absolutely crazy. If the government can lose hundreds of billions of dollars in COVID spending, the Treasury Department, no less, those are the very same experts that we're supposed to trust to run this country, to run the economy. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, won't, I won't hold my breath and I'll take a, a hard no, a hard pass on that. Like I said, it's why you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment of the end of the dollar empire. And I'm just thinking maybe we could even do the fifth edition on, uh, on this report from the government accountability office as to how incompetent or not even incompetent, probably intentionally nefarious our elites are. Because apparently, according to Janet Yellen, we don't want to decouple from China, but that's news to me. Uh, we got Mike Davis, a good friend of the show, um, to discuss basically everything. I, I, In my mind, I think it was a guest who's sort of like a, a jack of all trades. You could throw any issue at him. And 99 times out of 100, he'll give you the right take. Um, but Mike, I would love your thoughts. We had your... Uh, See maybe doppelganger Garrett Ventry on earlier in the show talking about uh, what Representative Stefanik is doing in New York to hopefully defend Trump. I'd love to get your thoughts. I'll keep you through the break, but you can start as long as uh, we have time. I would say cheers to uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. She is the number four House Republican, and she filed an ethics complaint earlier today against New York Judge Arthur Ingeron for his blatantly biased handling of this uh, this civil fraud lawsuit against President Trump in New York brought by Democrat Attorney General Tish James. They are railroading President Trump in New York. They This judge entered judgment against Trump before the trial even began. He doesn't get a jury trial, even though they're seeking $250 million and money from Trump for the non-fraud of Trump uh, paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full on time as agreed with interest. This Judge Ingeron is a partisan clown. He started the trial by smirking and smiling for the cameras. He's a Democrat donor and operative. His law clerk made uh, uh, campaign donations to Democrats above the legal limits in New York when Trump's lawyers raised this concern. This judge retaliated against them and, and gagged the lawyers illegally. They've gagged Trump illegally. They fined Trump. This is just a clown car up there. The wheels have fallen off the clown car in New York. And I am very happy that Elise Stefanik has filed this uh, ethics complaint against Judge Ingeron. Clown car is a, is a good way to describe it. I can think of some, some harsher words. But Mike, I'll keep you the break because I want to get your thoughts on this, the new, I guess, round, the new uh, I guess, onslaught of subpoenas. We've got James Biden and Hunter Biden, um, and well, so, some additional Biden family associates. I know you've always been a very tough critic of everything that House Oversight or House Organization has, has done, specifically on the investigating the Biden front. 
Um, so I'd love to get your thoughts after the break on the path forward. But there's a, a great piece in The Federalist, too, talking about how Chuck Grassley, who I know you used to work for, and Garrett, too, um, really has sort of set out a nice path forward for where we need to focus those investigations on. In other words, not just on the Chinese Communist Party money laundering aspect, but on the cover-up, because oftentimes you get the cover-up in the crime a couple times over with the Biden family. We'll be right back after this break. Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. I wouldn't want to live without it. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I get way more energy. My skin looks better. It helps with my digestion. I just feel better and healthier overall. That's how I knew Field of Greens was working for me. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. And with flu season here... I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, not some vaccine. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money-back guarantee. I got you 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Do it today. Host Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Now, you guys know we've always said here in the War Room that Mike Johnson is not going to be perfect. We're going to have some fights on our hand. I'm sure your phone lines are probably going to get blown up all over again. I'm sure the New York Times is going to melt down when you guys have to call your representatives, whether it's the CR, impeachment hearings, you name it. But I do maintain that I would rather have a a godly man, a man of faith in the position of Speaker of the House, as opposed to a, we'll go very uh, stark juxtaposition here, a a special interest, money, big tech, you know, Jeff Rowe, uh, Frank Luntz prostitute, that is Kevin McCarthy, uh, holding the position of Speaker. Um, but Speaker Mike Johnson did recently say, uh, I believe it, a press gaggle today, there's insufficient evidence at the moment to initiate formal impeachment proceedings. Now, Mike Davis, you're probably the best guest to have on to react to that. I'm just curious your thoughts to, or rather on what Mike, Speaker Mike Johnson said and how this sort of dovetails with the dropping of the new subpoenas against members of the Biden family. What do you think the path forward looks like? Actually, a big fan of Speaker Mike Johnson. You've already seen these investigations in the House get new life under Speaker Mike Johnson, where we have 10 subpoenas that have been issued by, by House Oversight Chairman James Comer. I think James Comer is an all-star. I think he's been doing fantastic work all along this entire Congress. I think some of the other committees uh, have not been doing such great work, but uh, you have to wonder if it's because of the committee chairman or if there's a reason from uh, from the leadership that they weren't moving forward. But I'm glad that James Comer is moving forward. I think when you're going to get when they get these bank records from uh, Hunter Biden and and James Biden and these business associates and these art dealers, I think the evidence is going to be very clear that President Biden is is compromised by tens of millions of dollars and foreign bribes and other corruption from China, from Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan. Uh, it, it seems like every trouble spot in the world, the Bidens are on the take. And this is very dangerous 
to our national security. You cannot have a corrupt, compromised president of the United States as we are, as we have right now with Joe Biden. There's no way in hell that Russia would have invaded Ukraine <clears throat> under President Trump. They didn't, right? They're, they've done it twice now under Biden. Vice President Biden, they took Crimea. Now Russia's back to take the rest of Ukraine. You're going to see China potentially invade Taiwan. This is a disaster for America when you have a corrupt, compromised president of the United States and House Republicans need to move forward aggressively with these investigations and move forward aggressively with an impeachment inquiry. Yeah, the uh, the comparative advantage of the the Biden family business was certainly not the brains of Hunter Biden. I think you nailed it. It was their willingness to do business in countries where no sane person uh, or, frankly, sane American uh, ever would. But I'm just curious, Mike, because it, it sort of seems hard to reconcile from House Republicans' perspective, saying that they want to go after weaponization. They want to go after how the Biden regime has interfered, has really intimidated witnesses, really has used the full wrath and force of, of the federal government to stonewall whistleblowers, whether it's from the FBI, whether it's from uh, the IRS, you name it. Uh, Steve Friend had a wonderful tweet yesterday saying that he put his life, career, reputation on the line to give these investigators evidence of weaponization. And the best he could get was them using them, basically exploiting his life story just to raise money. And then you see yesterday these same House Republicans voting to authorize basically a new FBI headquarter and headquarters and, you know, $300 million, I believe, and in increasing funds to, what is it, it's larger than the Pentagon? You know, how do you reconcile saying we're going, at, and not you personally, but, you know, these House Republicans saying they want to go after weaponization, but then they're also, you know, biting the hand or, or not, or biting the hand that feeds them, not that, but they're basically enabling this weaponization to continue. How, how do you reconcile that? Well, that's a very good question, Natalie, and I hope that Speaker Mike Johnson is going to right the ship here. Uh, I was a loud vocal critic of Speaker Kevin McCarthy for a long time. I was a loud vocal critic of Jim Jordan for a long time on the tech fight uh, and on their uh, slow and bumpy start to oversight. Uh, Jim Jordan put some points on the board with his critically important letters that he sent to these local Democrat prosecutors who are going after President Trump, politicizing and weaponizing uh, their offices to interfere in the election. But it's, uh, you know, this is a daily fight. And these uh, these committees in the House need to be aggressively putting points on the board every day. They need to be sending letters, issuing subpoenas for staff depositions, issuing subpoenas for documents, issuing subpoenas to have people come in for public hearings. This is a daily fight. The only way you're going to stop this weaponization is through aggressive oversight. This is a zero-sum game. If these uh, if these uh, rogue agencies are not on defense with congressional oversight, they're going to be on offense going after Trump, Trump's top aides, Trump's supporters, Christians praying outside of abortion clinics, uh, parents outraged at school board meetings by gender chaos and the resulting rapes in high school bathrooms. It's time for House Republicans to move forward aggressively. James Comer's been doing it. Every committee in the, in the House needs to start doing this. Mike Davis, if people want to follow you, stay up to date with all your, your hot takes, where can they go to do all that and find out more information about Article 3 Project? Thank you. You can donate at article3project.org, article3project.org. Article We're on Getter Twitter Truth at Article number three project at Article three project. And my personal is at MRDDM. 
IA. And thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Mike, so much for joining us. And thank you, Warren Posse, for hanging out with me for this hour. Time always flies. And I have to say, I just had my about one-year anniversary with War Room. And not to make it about me, but I don't know about you guys. Every time I see you know, these congressmen, these people that we work so hard to elect and donate to, write strongly worded letters instead of actually doing anything. And I get it. You have to play by the rules. But the left doesn't play by the rules, right? All these indictments, impeachments, lawfare, derivations, iterations against President Trump. It's not, it's not a fair fight. And like I said, the juxtaposition between the democratic lawfare against President Trump and everything that he did to save this country, put America first, while you see them weaponizing the 14th Amendment against him, calling him, you know, a treasonous traitor against the United States. It's really, it really is projection at its finest. And there's an element of fatigue, you know, in the war, we don't ever stop fighting. But I just wish that our elected representatives were on the same level of action, 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 and commitment to actual accountability uh, as we were, as I am, as you guys who watch the show on Friday afternoons, as Steve is. Um, I guess what we have to do is keep calling, maybe over the weekend make some calls to your representatives to make sure that they defend President Trump from these ongoing lawfare campaigns. But in the meantime, stay informed, watch Warren tomorrow, Steve will be back. Have a good one. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it. Now here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's donedebt.com. Donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.